0: Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to the Super Travel Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, AKA Motivational Mark, and this is episode number 42. It's a pleasure to be here as always. Thank you for listening, thank you for tuning in. And this is a special edition. This is live from Luxor, Egypt. I'm sitting in my hotel room right now. Uh, Just finished up dinner. I got some goodies from uh, just outside the hotel along the main street, and uh, I'll go over that on the next podcast. This podcast, I want to talk about Lebanon. Lebanon, I was just at the other day, and it was a really amazing place. Definitely uh, would love to go back there again, And but I am slightly hesitant because it's not... Uh, I didn't feel it was incredibly safe in... I had a little bit of trouble going through immigration and so I'll talk about that and a couple stories about uh, I rented a car, <clears throat> drove to Baalbek and yeah, I'll t- I'll tell uh, talk about all the wonderful people I met, some wonderful food and but all that's really good. The only negative part was was the slight unrest and military checkpoints and all that. All right. So let's talk about that and the next one i will talk about luxor egypt but this one's going to be lebanon beirut specifically and Baalbek. so um i get you get to the airport and i met oh it's actually started on uh the flight no that was coming from beirut to luxor i was i was gonna say i met uh, a scottish guy but i'll i'll talk about charlie later he's a wonderful guy and um i took the flight from la to london and oh la to london there's two air main airports there's gatwick and heathrow so i went to gatwick and i had three hours before my next flight left to get to heathrow and Heathrow's not really incredibly easy to get to it is but it isn't it just takes i just should say it takes a a little bit of time so give yourself at least an hour hour and a half to get to the other airport maybe even two hours just to be safe. And so I had three hours and actually got to the airport about an hour and a half before the flight left. So I was, I was a little nervous because if I missed a, a, the bus, I'd have to wait a little bit while for the other one. And so I went from London to directly to Beirut. It was a four and a half hour flight, uh, relatively easy, just got a little bit bored and cramped in those small seats in those planes. But it was really easy and uneventful and got to Beirut, like you could tell when you're getting on the flight uh, the people of the region what they look like, so there' was a lot of Lebanese on the flight, so the culture trip already starts when you're on the flight basically is what what uh what i I like to think and so I got to Beirut and it was relatively harmless easy like like I like I said and then I get there and you know I'm going through uh, immigration got my cheerful face hello how are you doing you know always helps to ease any tense uh tensity in you know a situation just smile and say hello how are you I'm happy to be here nice to meet you that sort of stuff and so I was looking at my passport about ready to to stamp me in and then he looks he looks he's going through all the papers and he looks on the back and he points at the back he goes have you been to Palestine? And I was like, no, no, I haven't been to Palestine. And he's like, you've been to Palestine. Why were you in Palestine? I was like, I, I haven't been to Palestine. I've never been to Palestine. I, I, I really haven't. And I haven't in my mind, I haven't been to Palestine. You know, I really haven't. So I was, you could see in my face the honesty with that. And so I, I kept, uh, he kept asking me, he's like, you've been to Palestine? And he kept looking through my passport, like kind of angrily. And he, he didn't look happy. And I was, I was getting a little nervous. I was just getting a lot nervous, and so uh, he uh, peeled back this security sticker on the back of the passport, and it had some sort of symbol. I don't know if it was Hebrew or whatever it was. It was a red security sticker. I just left them all on my passport. I probably have like six, and he showed them, pointed. I said, "This one from Palestine." I said, "I I don't know. I I don't know." And I tried to think like if maybe I had a layover or something in Palestine, but to the best of my knowledge and in my brain and my I had no idea what he was talking about. And so then I kinda thought of an idea which he might maybe be referring to, but I didn't mention anything about it. And he kept grilling me like, You've been to Palestine, he's you know, going through my passport again. He's like trying to find a stamp, you know, that uh, visa stamp that says Palestine. Eventually He seemed to to cool off a little bit and uh he let me go oh no yeah he did let me go but he he also mentioned something about terrorists palestines terrorists or something i something like that there's terrorists there i i don't you know i I don't know what he was talking about i just said i like to travel and you know i've been to many countries and don't really you know uh, i don't not into terrorism or any of that at all and so uh, he finally let me through and I was thinking on the way I was like well what is he talking I was really sh- kind of shaken up though that doesn't happen very often especially uh, all the places I've been usually it's really uh, uneventful oh uh, one positive thing though uh there's many positive things but one positive thing is is visa fr- uh I do say visa free but it's free to enter it's free to enter <clears throat> especially if you're from the U.S. and other countries as well I think like EU countries and some others so that makes it really nice but i was I was walking uh, to get uh, my rental car and i was I was thinking about the situation it didn't didn't really dawn on me till later on um, that he was referring to Israel <clears throat> that's what he was referring to Palestine and Israel so many Arab countries don't um, they don't uh, what's the word for it there's uh they don't see Israel as a state or they don't see Israel. Recognize, that's the word. They don't recognize Israel as a country. So I think he was referring to Israel as Palestine. In my brain, I'm thinking Israel and Palestine are kind of two separate countries in the same region that have always fought. But I didn't know what he was referring to when he was just meant, you know, that's what I thought he was referring to when he meant Palestine. But apparently he meant Israel. <coughs> Excuse me. But luckily, uh, I didn't, I I knew I have never been to Palestine, but I know I've been to Israel. So I was was, kind of nervous. Apparently, um, you don't want anything. You don't want anything with Hebrew letters, anything that mentions or refers or anything that you've been to uh, Israel if you're going to numerous uh, Arab countries because they'll not let you in or they'll detain you or arrest you or fine you or something. Uh, not so good so make sure to have you know follow those rules when you travel to uh many arab countries uh one being lebanon <clears throat> so i walked out you know uh I was, I was nervous my adrenaline was a bit up after that excitement and i walked over to the car rental place and i wanted to get my my rental car a green motion car rental and i didn't see any of the car rental Uh, Oh, I saw the car rental place, but I didn't see the green motion one. So he's like, oh, he's over there with a sign waiting for you by the front. So I walked to the front and I saw, oh, he had my name. He's like, oh, nice to see you. And that was Ali. Ollie's really nice. And he gave me a ride from the airport to uh, the car rental place, which is uh, closer to downtown Beirut. uh, Airport is fairly close. I want to say 12 miles from the downtown area. So it's fairly close. The closest airport it's Naples Naples is so close to the city. It's, it's incredible. Um, but I got to the car rental place and I'm trying to use my phone. My phone is not working. Apparently, I don't have service. So I was getting a little worried. I was getting a lot worried because without a phone, I don't have GPS. I can't get anywhere. <laughs> I, I can't get to the hotel. I can't do a lot of stuff. Um, so I tried to mentally... Uh, calm myself down just like you know think that i've done it before without a gps i could just ask people and find you know i'll make a way somehow some way some shape some form and i told him you know i don't have a gps and he's like oh i have a modem so i ended up renting a modem for him for like 20 bucks a day and that was really helpful and it got me to use the gps and google maps so that got me where I needed to go. Especially if you're unfamiliar with a place, that really comes in handy. And I was still a little bit nervous at what happens if it doesn't work, you know? Uh, The modem is basically like a little hot spot where you could get online, which worked out. Came in handy uh, tremendously. And then uh, it was getting late and I finally uh, got in the car, got the car, all settled down. Settled down in the car and drove to the hotel. And it was an easy drive. Uh, the Warwick right by the beach. So I could go jog in the morning and yeah, easy drive, the normal crazy driving of uh, the Middle East and North Africa and that region. So I was, I was used to it. I, I didn't mind. I just stay in the right way. Well, I kind of like it though, because, you know, you see a traffic light or you see a stop sign. They're just kind of like, um, it's a good idea to do that. You know, they're they're not they're not, like, really strict, so I just, you know, you, you don't want need to stop at a light. You just make sure there's no cars coming and you don't get into an accident. Basically, do whatever you want, just don't get into an accident. That's the main thing. But if you see police, make sure you follow the law. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the gist of it. And generally, I stayed in the right-hand side, let all the, the crazy drivers just go around me on the left, especially because I was tired trying to, you know... Uh, get over jet lag and, and whatnot, and so I got to the hotel and rather late and woke up early to get my workout in my run bike I usually do most days of the week, and I was a bit annoyed because the the bike, the bikes didn't work the two bike machines didn't work. One thing when getting hotels if you want you know exercise equipment they'll say fitness center but they won't and they'll show a picture from a distance but they won't show you. Uh, if it's broken or not. So it's one thing to keep in mind. Generally, the expensive five-star good hotels uh, have good gyms generally. So I, I stay in those every now and then, especially when they're cheap and low cost, like in like in those third world countries. Um, so I got my run along the beach and that was rough. I was so jet lagged, so tired, but it was fun to see the shoreline and a few popular places down there. And it was cool. I saw people snorkeling and um, beautiful rocks and uh, all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, okay. And then uh, after that, I got back to the car and decided, you know, I was running. I was thinking, like, what should I do today? What, Where, where do I want to go? And I was like, ah, I think I'll go to Baalbek. Yeah, so <clears throat> I decided to walk around downtown Beirut for a little bit and then head to Baalbek. And uh, I walked to the main center historical center. I want to say it's the Roman Bas Bass. um That's like the Roman site where they or the Roman ruins where they have you know a bunch of cool Roman stuff. And I was walking down there taking a bunch of pictures and I get down there and you know the the street block closed off and there's barbed wire and there's military there and I was like, Whoa, this is a little strange and there was police tape on the other side i asked him you know if i could get there and you know the guy said it was closed and you know, i thought it was a, a little unfortunate but i was a little nervous too because you know they have the military closing off you know parts of uh, uh, the city center to keep it safe from apparently protesters there's protesters in the area and you know i walked by a little little bit more uh, to the other side and towards the mosque and I see an ATM machine and I look and it's smashed. There's graffiti all over it. And I was like, oh, this ain't good. Am I uh, walking into the lion's den or into a, a, an area I shouldn't be? And I just kept walking. I, I don't fear a lot and, you know, I, I'm not afraid most of the time. <laughs> Um, and so I walked and oh I saw some really cool ruins look like Phoenician ruins Roman ruins one guy said there's seven layers stacked upon each other so that was really fast I took a couple pictures of that and then there's military blocking that road with barbed wire as well and uh, I think it was a checkpoint they're just checking cars and making sure no vehicles going but I was allowed to walk in that area and then I uh, I walked a little bit further and I saw a tent, and there was a tent with uh, protesters. There was a bunch of tents lined up. Um, and I didn't see a lot of protesters at that time. It was still kind of early. So I, uh, one guy, one guy kept, kept, older guy kept yelling at me. I don't know. He's really negative. You could just kind of tell. He's like, I'm on a hunger strike. I was like, all right, good. I hope it works out for you. Uh, I never saw the point of a hunger strike or i don't see the point that i could comprehend but i just kind of stay out of you know uh, trouble as much as i possibly can especially when i'm traveling i just want to avoid any political you know situations or being involved in any protests, especially if you don't understand what's going on but he was like, Hey, come here, come talk to me. He's a little ornery, and I just kind of ignored him, said hello and just kinda of left and he's like, You know, the the mosque, cause I, I was cause I was looking at the mosque and he's like, You know, it costs twenty million or whatever, something really expensive. Like I was like, Oh, it's a beautiful mosque. I was, you know, I was concentrating on the positive. It's like oh it's really beautiful and he just gave me a scowl. He's just a grumpy older gentleman. But I took a few pictures there, walked around, head back, headed back to my rental car and got in the car and headed to Baalbek. Baalbek's a really cool historical place with tons of Roman ruins and other mysterious ruins that science can't really uh, um, explain. I'll get to that in a little bit. And yeah, I got in the car and started driving. And oh, what was I going to say? Uh, you know what? There was a Scotsman. Uh, I met a Scotsman on the flight named Charlie, and that was from London, going to Beirut. I got it confused. I thought it was Beirut to Luxor, but it was that was a Syrian guy named uh, I'll I'll uh, get to. But Charlie was from London to Beirut, and he was talking my head talking my head off all about Beirut, and uh, he told me that. There's a mountain pass you have to go over to get from Beirut, uh, Lebanon, to Baalbek. And, you know, it was it's only like 50, 60 mile drive. It's not very far, but it takes like two hours because the roads, everything there's a little bit slow. And so I, I start climbing up the mountain. I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I see snow in the distance. It's like, oh, boy, I don't have chains, you know, this could be a dicey situation, and go through uh, security, military checkpoints, you know, every now and then, which made me a little unnerved, and uh, left me a little unnerved. And on the left, coming the opposite direction, there was these, look like, I call them secret police, they're dressed in all black, and you could only see their eyes, so they keep their face concealed and they were checking cars and stuff they looked pretty intense almost like special forces there was police military and then those secret police guys that i saw everywhere basically you know this kind of reminded me of of israel where everyone had uh had guns and there's military everywhere and, and that sort of stuff and then uh I got to the top of the mountain. I was like, oh, please don't let there be snow. Please don't let there be snow. And there was a little bit of snow, but luckily none on the highway. And thank goodness, because I didn't have chains. And uh, Charlie was telling me that it could get snowy and the police will shake you down and get money from you and say chains are required. But it's most likely not the case because it's such a lax uh, country, Arab country, where you know the rules are kind of bendable or malleable. Um, and then luckily, I got to the peak. I can't remember the peak's name. And then uh, went down over the peak. And as I got down, you could see in the distance, Syria was only like 10 miles away at uh, some points. And that was off in the distance in the mountains. It was really a cool and a beautiful sight. And I got uh, went a little bit further, maybe an hour, and I, had, I was getting really hungry, so I stopped to eat at this little mom and pop shop, and it was really beautiful. They're so nice. All the Lebanese and even the Egyptians, they're all really, really sweet, nice people. And so I went in and <clears throat> ordered some food. I pointed to uh, the pictures of what I wanted because they didn't speak much English. And the two guys were playing a game. And they put the game away, and they pulled a chair up for me to sit. And they poured me <laughs> some tea. We all drank tea. And uh, they didn't speak much English, but I didn't speak any Arabic. So we just kind of laughed and, and uh, had a good time. And, <laughs> said a few words. They understood a few words and I that was about it. And the food came out and I ate I ate wonderful <clears throat> excuse me. Uh wonderful, amazing Lebanese food with the uh, hummus and chicken and cabbage and what else? And she pulled out French fries. I saved those saved those for later around my workout where the, the carbohydrate slash sugar doesn't have as much of, as effect as an effect on the insulin or uh yeah that fat storage hormone so um i had great food and i drink water i didn't really drink any juice or anything although i did have sugar cane juice here in Luxor. It was delicious absolutely delicious um and yeah I had that and the hummus was amazing the food was amazing she cooked it up fresh right there made to order and paid for it and I had to hurry off because it was uh my itinerary had me there at about five and I think they closed at six I thought they closed at six p.m so I get there and uh I'm looking I'm trying to find the place Balbeck is not easy to find uh, the ruins, and even your GPS isn't entirely accurate entirely accurate. So I had to ask a few people, and they pointed me in the right direction. One pointed me in the wrong direction. One point, you know, a couple pointed me finally in the right direction. I finally got my bearings because it was a bit crowded in that city and some traffic. And luckily, I found a parking spot and hurried off to see the ruins and ended up being closed. I was like, ah, darn it, maybe I'll uh, see it tomorrow. But I did see a few of the outer perimeter uh, temples and um, ruins, so I took a few photos there. And that was really fun. And I decided I went back to the car. And I decided that I'm going to stay in a hotel and see more of the ruins tomorrow morning before I left. And so I did that. I stayed in one uh, of the two hotels there. There's only two hotels there. And that was, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. So many hotels and names and people and, and all that. But... It was, it was uh, the better hotel. It was pretty nice, too. It's pretty nice. So online, they wanted 80,000 Lebanese uh, pounds, I believe it was. And when I get there, you know, I ask him how much to uh, for a room. And he said 60,000. So that's a 25% discount. There's one tip for you. Don't book online. Go and ask them how much in person. You could get a last-minute deal or... A better price and just skip the middleman skip the online so i was happy about that i went to the room dropped off my stuff and i was looking at the bed wanted to examine to make sure everything was clean and i did notice there was some hairs on the bed sheet and you know, I wasn't mad, I was happy just to have a room and just to be inside and just to relax, so I went and talked to uh, the guy, a nice guy Bashar from Syria, and he, uh, I showed him, uh, I took him to the room and showed him the sheet and all the hairs, and you know, he quickly apologized and had uh, these two, I think they, they were immigrants or refugees, uh, I'm not sure where though, um, And they changed the the bedding, and so that was good to go. Make sure to always check to the bedding if you don't want, if you don't, you know, don't care. It doesn't, you know, it's okay. But if you care about cleanliness, you know, it was the same thing when I was in Jordan. The bed was filthy, and um, so I had them change the sheets. I'm not sure if they don't change the sheets or if they're lazy or, or if, I don't know what's going on there, but make sure to always look to and you know wear sandals in the shower and you know cleanliness especially because you don't want to get sick while you're traveling I mean that's the damper on the parade you know Uh, that's a a poop on the party I guess you could say you don't want to uh, get sick because you don't have a lot of time to see places and getting sick while you're traveling is even more difficult and so I was, I was happy. I finally got to go to sleep, lay down, close my eyes, and you know, got up early to to do a little run, get my run in first thing in the morning, or or a bike. No excuses every day. Uh, exercise. That's what I say. And doesn't matter if I'm traveling. Doesn't matter if I'm sick, unless I'm really sick. Uh, it Doesn't matter priority is always taking care of myself my body my health my mind my spirit so that's very very important exercise is very important uh, our bodies were meant to move or meant to exercise were meant were meant from you know that uh, it, it makes us feel good mentally physically emotionally everything it's just all around good thing and a great way to start the day. You start the day off automatically with a win just just by doing that. And then, you know, I got my workout in and drove down to the ruins and walked around the ruins, really cool places. The Temple of Bacchus was, was the coolest, you know, most intact. It looked like it was built for giants. And this is Baalbek, B-A-A-L-B-E-K or B-E-C-K, however they want to spell it. It's spelled, you know, a couple different ways. And I was really impressed with um, with all that uh, those ruins there and just magnificent, you know, right smack dab in the middle of the city, I. Uh, and it's kind of funny. I was I uh, have tri- a tripod set up with a selfie stick. It turns into a tripod, and I could you know stand it up and take my own pictures, and I was always. Uh, as I was taking my pictures, there's a, a group a group of tourists that were coming in to, you know, get a tour and, and visit the site. And I was you know off to the side taking selfies and pictures. And these older women go whoosh, whoosh, like that. <laughs> and I go, I look at them. I just smile and wave. <laughs> it's kind of cute. Uh, these older older cougars, I guess you could uh, you could call them. But it was so funny. And uh, yeah, I took a few pictures and selfies and you know just try to get a little artistic like I like to do but I don't I kind of don't want to get too much into that because it could almost be narcissistic in a in a a way so I try try to hold myself back a little bit but I do like to have fun and and take and take selfies and pictures uh, in general Um, and walked around a little more went uh, on the other side and went in the souvenir store and um, got a couple souvenirs some uh replicas of uh you know roman dagger and replicas of these uh, phoenician daggers which was really cool and some magnets and you know a couple other things and, um i left and got in the car to drive back to a nearby city near beirut before i had to turn in you know turn in the car and i was driving in the mode um the modem stopped working and I was really nervous but I knew the general direction. There's really like one or two main highways or big streets Um, but I was a little worried I would end up over the border in Syria on accident so I'm glad that didn't happen. Uh, I did take a try to go over the mountain pass to get over into Beirut and there's a couple different ways there's smaller roads and then the main big road the Damascus highway it's called and I took a a smaller road to try to go over the mountains and I was just you know having fun driving I saw some really cool sheep saw some really beautiful houses and I turned the corner and skidded to a whole Whoa, the military checkpoint. Whoa. And they're just staring at me with the guns drawn. It's like, oh, this ain't good. This ain't good. I right, my hand's up. They're uh, looking at me, staring at me. I'm like, God ah, just you know, trying to get to Beirut. Just trying to get to Beirut. And they barely speak English, too, or they barely, barely understand it. And they're like, what, what? And he's like, oh, Beirut. Beirut. They, they call it like Beirut, like tooth, Beirut. And so, luckily, nothing happened there. I didn't get shot or anything. And, you know, I turned around and he explained to go the other way to the other uh, freeway and the other pass, the way to get over the pass. So, luckily, it drove down. I had no GPS, so I did not know, um, like, I had to ask people, I kept asking people because the d- direction kind of winds around, you know how streets wind around, even though you're going the general direction, they still winds around, and I kept stopping to ask for people. luckily, everyone's really helpful and and they pointed me in the right direction, finally, I got to that main highway, which I knew uh because I drove that already um, going to Baalbek, and so I hit that and but then again, I was still nervous because I didn't know how to get to that car rental place, which was right in the back of a Golden Tulip Hotel. And so I kept driving you know, up and down the mountain, or more like up and then down the mountains. Uh, it was uh, fun to drive. I just stayed in the right, mostly let all the the fast drivers on the left-hand side uh, go around me and, and honk and, and that sort of stuff. I had to dodge the occasional tire and you know in the street and the occasional car that was semi-parked and, and the buses had to go around buses and vans and some of those van drivers are flying man those I think they're tour guide vans or something but they really know how to drive those windy mountains it's pretty steep up and down and I you know admired the beauty once again of the snow and the city and it's, you know beautiful sight and I went over you know and got into the city and then I went into where I thought the general area was to drop off the car but I got a little, uh, I got a little nervous. I was a little on edge and I, I filled it up with gas and I was gonna go uh, try to find a Wi-Fi to connect my phone and uh, there was a, I saw a car leave because it was pretty crowded in the downtown area and I, I go to get in and then some kid pulls his motorcycle and blocks the whole the whole lane. And I was like, "Hey, can I get in? Can I get in?" You know, he's like, "No, no, no! I'm, I'm saving this for the, the, um, truck or a delivery or something." And I just, I yelled at him. I was so, I was so mad, so annoyed. That's the, the only time I got mad is just this i thought it was really stupid i just wanted to stop for a few minutes to find you know get wi-fi and get my bearing get my direction all i needed was a few minutes i was so frustrated and mad i just yelled yelled top of my lungs and that that was i don't know if i'm sure they heard me but they probably didn't understand what i was saying but anyways that was one of the few times i lose lost my cool and you know, it's it happens. It happens. I think of everything like a test. You know, testing your your emotions, testing your uh, patience, testing your everything. And and this was quite the test. I'm exhausted from driving three or three and a half hours, which should have been a two hour drive. And you know my nervous system's a little you know overworked, overcooked, and the jet lag's kicking in. And, I finally ask a couple people and one guy's really helpful. He goes, ah, oh, you know, I'll take you on my, uh, I'll show you on my motorbike. So he grabs his uh, motorcycle and uh, leads me out there. I follow him from behind and that was really uh, fun to uh, uh, have that help. It was really nice to have that help and he he took me right to the place. And it, was, it wasn't too far, it was a, maybe a mile or so. And, you know, I found the place and was so relieved when I dropped off my car I was so relieved that I, I could leave and i dropped off the car and that was about it for lebanon lebanon is a fun country uh, i got to the airport really early too but you know it worked out good i could sit and relax they got a, a lot of cool you know food and, and souvenir stores there as well but i was just happy to to leave and to make it out <laughs> it's a it's a fun country, beautiful country, wonderful people, amazing food, a lot of cool places to see places that I was told about that I had no idea about, basically like kind of like hidden gems. It seems like the more countries I learn about and the more I go in depth and learn about the country, the more amazing things I find out and see uh come to learn about it. so there's always like this it's like you're looking at. box and you open the box and just all these magical things just fly out it's like you have there's a little box and you open it and a big refrigerator comes out that's that's what it's like when when you know i discover all these really cool places and things but the only thing about lebanon is it's it's uh a little bit of uh unrest going on right now and so that would be my only hesitation Uh, although I don't see any problems right now. Some people said it could get worse in the future that I talked to. One guy said that it was the U.S.'s fault because they were paying the protesters to cause unrest in the country. I don't know. These are just theories that they had. But I I don't think I'll come back because it might get worse as well. And, you know, the military checkpoints, it made me nervous at first, but then you kind of get used to it and you think, like, they're not looking for me, they're looking for terrorists and people that do bad things so if you're not doing anything illegal you have nothing to worry about and so um that that kind of eased my uh my um, tension oh before i forget there's a a really cool place i visited to in Baalbek. it's on the south side of the city it's uh it's um uh, the oldest the biggest stone block in the world and it's incredibly old, and could be evidence for a lost civilization. That's um, it might be called the Stone of the Pregnant Woman or something. I forget what it's called, but you could find it online. It's just the hugest stone in the world in Baalbek. and that was amazing. That makes you wonder if giants did exist at one time. Apparently every 12,000 years there's a cataclysmic event that happens on earth that causes a mass extinction and they were one of uh, those civilizations that was lost and it is incredible just to be there next to that stone block and just be dwarfed by its size. So I just stood there in awe and wonder. It It was a little bit tricky to get to. I went back and forth a little bit asking people but ended up finding it and I GPS marked it in my GPS as well. Um, So I'll uh, always know how to get there. It's uh, adjacent to a big golden mosque as well. And that was Lebanon. I get to the airport, get on the flight, and sit next to an amazing Syrian guy who just told me how wonderful and beautiful Syria was. I was so, I was surprised and I said, Is it safe? and he's like, Yeah, it's safe. I mean, Damascus was safe. He kept saying Damascus. Not so much other parts, but mainly Damascus was safe. And he was just telling me about all the uh Democene um design, house designs and just he was really uh, loved his country and it was really beautiful and heartfelt to to hear and you could just see it in his voice and his facial expressions older gentleman glasses sit next to me on the left and he told me all about damascus and syria for you know the whole hour flight from uh beirut to luxor and um <laughs> I, apparently you can visit uh, anyone could visit uh damascus from lebanon you just Take the road and get a visa upon arrival, and you're good to go. Uh, it's really difficult in the U. S. to get a visa from the U. S. or an official visa from the U. S. to Syria, but I mean, I think people could just go to Lebanon and then, you know take a, a trip, you know, car, overland to uh, Damascus to Syria if you really wanted to see. It. And I kind of, you know, I I think I'll be I'll you know be heading to Syria one of these days as well do that Uh, it's almost like going to Cuba like the US didn't used to uh, give visas for going to Cuba you had to go through Mexico or a a different country to get to Cuba so it's kind of interesting reminds me of this uh, same thing and that was that oh oh another fun thing was uh the Syrian guy's name was shocker and he uh held his hand up in a certain way and winked at me with those three fingers, if you know what that means, then <laughs> that's a, it's a good, uh, it's, I think, I thought it was funny when I played that in my head, but anyways, uh, his name really was Shocker, it's just really funny, I was like, Shocker, I love your name, Shocker, Shocker, S- but I think he ca- he spelled it S-H-A-K-E-R, Shocker, 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 And so that's a really cool name. I actually uh, would name, you know, like another, if I have another pet or something, Shocker, just because it's, I don't know, it's a cool name. I like it because shocking, you know, you're shocked, you're a shocker. It's just almost like a powerful name in a sense, but I thought that was really cool. And he was going to Luxor or to Cairo because I went to Cairo, then Luxor, Uh, pardon me, um, excuse me. And he was going because his friends were playing uh, in a, uh, a game. I forget, they're playing some board game. And yeah, that was that. That was a really cool trip to Lebanon. It was intense, it was short, and it was wild and crazy, just like I like it. But not too wild and crazy, not dangerous. Dangerous is not my middle name. Danger is not my middle name. It may be my fourth or fifth name, but Danger is not. <laughs> not to my liking. Uh, it's a little too stressful. You want to be a little more relaxed when you're traveling. And when you're constantly on edge, it's just uh, it's uh, too stressful, too much. It kind of gets too old. And uh, yeah, I got to thinking uh of traveling, though, seeing all the people and all the unrest and All the refugees that came, a lot of refugees go to Lebanon from Syria, Iraq, and other uh, countries as well. But I got to thinking, like, you know, how grateful I am to, you know, have electricity. The electricity went out four or five times at the hotel I was staying at. I felt grateful just to have tap water that I could drink out of the faucet because I was drinking bottled waters. I was just... Grateful to have food in my mouth, you know. A lot of people don't have enough food, and uh, as just a lot of gratitude. I was grateful to be able to travel outside my country and be able to afford it. A lot of people, uh, I you know. Also, I was thinking how grateful I am just to be able to exercise on a daily basis, uh, like one or two hours a day. There's people who have to work. Sixteen hours a day just to survive, just to put food on the table, and they're too exhausted to work out. You know, they're um, they're too tired. It's a gift to be able to have that time just to you know for ourselves, just to work out and and you know that sort of stuff, and not have to worry about um, you know uh, money and and as much as they do and trying to survive and lucky just to have a roof over our heads. There's, I've seen so many shacks and tents and and people that don't even have roofs or or their houses are half blown up from the the Lebanese war that 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 went on for many years and you know they're they're living in one of those. You see a lot of those buildings in in Beirut that are half blown up. It's a it's a wild wild Thing to see, but definitely uh, fun to see, and you know, really loved and enjoyed it for the most part. Like 99% of it I, I really loved. And that summarizes Lebanon. Thank you for listening. I may have missed something, but uh if I do remember anything, I'll try to talk about it uh in the next one. I'm getting sleepy right now. I don't know if you could hear in my voice. Uh, usually when I say, uh I can't think of things a lot, that's when I get sleepy. And right now it's almost 11. I have to get up early to head back to Cairo and, you know, do a, do a race coming up on Saturday. I'm excited. Luxor is amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'll talk about that. Luxor will be, you know, the next podcast. Definitely. Uh, I have a lot of things to say and there's a lot of things to see in Luxor and it's really a cool place more metal laid back uh cairo and thank you for listening this podcast is brought to you by my travel store super travel x always you could go to supertravelx.com or www.supertravelx.com for uh, all the cool travel gear and accessories that i have there use code super 10 for 10 percent off anything and that's it, guys. Have a wonderful day, wonderful night, wonderful evening, wonderful what, whatever. Have a wonderful everything. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get some outro music. This is called Live Your Dreams. And make sure you go travel and explore the world. And don't forget to be nice to people. Life's like an echo. What you put out there, you will receive. If you put put out kindness, you're going to receive kindness. So. Make sure you do that and the world will be a better place. All starts with us. All right, thanks. Bye.